Hello and welcome to Radio Edutalk. This is David Noble, as ever, in Delgetty Bay, Fife in Scotland. I'm delighted to welcome to the show today uh, Mark Burns, and we're going to be talking uh, about a book that he's co-written uh, called The Learning Imperative. Welcome to Edutalk, Mark. Thanks, David. Thanks for having me on. And could you just start by giving listeners a kind of brief background to your career in education? Yeah, I, I, I taught for um, uh, 12 years as a, as a classroom teacher and uh, a middle leader. Um, and the last 10 years I've been working uh, on a fascinating project um, which has involved videoing thousands of teachers um, in the classroom uh, over a course of, of two terms. And, and they've, as part of that process, they've analysed and reflected on their own performance in the classroom and gone on learning journeys to improve what they do. It's also uh, brought me into um, contact with lots of leaders and lots of schools in, in lots of systems, not just in Scotland, but around Europe. Uh, and it, it started me thinking deeply about how do we create not just effective learning for the children in the classrooms that we, we teach, but also how do we create effective learning for the adults in the organisation? And that, that kind of brought me to, to writing the book that, 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 you, that we're talking about this morning. Um, and you've kind of worked with Andy Griffith before, is, is that correct? And, and can you maybe tell us a bit about how the two of you came to, to work together and indeed um, yeah. maybe Andy's background? Well, yeah, and, Andy and I uh, well, uh, got together, basically he walked into his uh, school I was working in uh, with a video camera and, uh, and asked my head teacher if there were any um, any any staff who are uh, willing to get involved in an innovative program to video their practice and I, I was drawn to to have a go at that and um after that Andy asked me will I go take a sabbatical and uh, 10 years later I'm still doing what I do um and during the course of that we've written written two books um engaging learners uh, and more recently teaching backwards and, and both of them were designed and aimed at um classroom teachers to help them improve their uh, the impact of what they do in the classroom with the children that they teach. And it appears to me that you've you've both really challenged yourself in, in this example because although the focus is very much on you know raising raising performance by improving learning, um, it's the book certainly from what I've read so far it does not concentrate in any way solely on education. No, and um, on my experience of working with. Um, with other organisations, uh, both charities and, and also um, some work I did with a, a big high street retailer, that showed me that um, there, there are strong parallels across different types of organisations in a way that isn't not, isn't um, isn't apparent at, at first glance. That uh, lots of organisations are trying to improve what they do. Uh, there's issues about employee engagement, and, and actually, I find it fascinating to work with different types of organisations in different sectors and compare and contrast the similarities and differences because it often gives you an insight, particularly when you go back into work in the world of education, about, about how we do things and, and, and how th- things might be done better. And so just referring to the, uh, the, some parts of the book, uh, Mark, for a moment, can you take us through um, what, what you see as the, the main barriers to learning within an organisation? Yeah, they, they they vary. Every organisation is different, and even teams within organisations are very different. Um, the way we've dealt with them in the book, in a linear fashion, I think is a useful way to, to think about it as, uh, for leaders. 
And the first is the first main barrier in organisations, particularly schools, is the busyness of them. I think a lot of um, school leaders, a lot of teachers will often say to me when we talk about um, introducing new learning or designing learning for, for, for adults, they'll say, well, when have we got the time to do this? So I think the first main barrier that we, we as uh, leaders and teachers have to really reflect on is, is, is that of, of processing overload. And if we, we haven't got the processing capacity uh, to embrace new learning, then our natural inclination is to say, this is just too hard. Um, and there's lots of reasons for that. Um, but, but the book tries to aim and provide practical strategies for people to overcome. The, the second one is relational trust. I think whenever you're le- creating learning, either in a classroom or, or in a staff room too, you need to have strong relational trust between, uh, between not just the leader and their team, but between the team themselves. If you haven't got that, it's a massive inhibitor to um, sharing collaboration, uh, to openness, uh, to resilience. Uh, for example, you know, if, if I'm a teacher and I'm, I'm really struggling uh, to improve my practice and, and we haven't got that strong relational trust, I may fear asking you for help because I, I, I'm worried about your perception uh, of, of, of what I might perceive to be weakness. Um, and, and similarly, feedback in, 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 in schools and uh, teams where there isn't strong relational trust, uh, sometimes people aren't wholly honest with their feedback and that, that holds back our opportunity to learn and grow. And the final, um, the final area, the um, final main barrier, my perspective, is, is inaccurate self-perception. Um, for no other reason than the environment that we work in, most teachers and leaders are working at a very fast pace and therefore there is a danger uh, of inattentional uh, blindness i.e. not noticing things that are happening right in front of us and and we i discovered that as a teacher i noticed things on my uh, on my videoed lessons that i hadn't noticed when i was in the classroom and the problem with not noticing everything is is it can create perception gaps uh, and when we've got perception gaps we might we may overwrite ourselves uh, and therefore um, not necessarily see the need to improve our our performance because we perceive our performance to be higher than it really is or, or we might really underrate our performance and, and as a consequence lack confidence um, and, and I've seen both of those things happening in many classrooms around around uh, around Scotland and around the UK uh, of teachers not necessarily realizing their own strengths and their own areas that, that actually would develop I mean from my own perspective there were parts of my practice I thought I was really good at it was only when I watched some video that I saw that there was massive improvement areas for me. And other areas, I, I thought I was a really, really weak questioner as a teacher. And yet, reflecting on video, actually, that was a, a comparative strength. So I was focusing my improvement on areas I was actually already good at and neglecting areas that, in my own practice, I could really have uh, improved. And, and I think those together can really act as significant barriers. And, uh, and I think, as we point out in the book, they are interdependent. You know, if I, might, if I create a process and overload from my staff, then there is a real danger that people are going to lack trust in me as a leader. Uh, they're going to say, well, how can I trust someone who creates this busy environment? And secondly, I'm less likely to notice things if I'm busy. So we're kind of suggesting to leaders and, and, and readers themselves is, is how can I minimize those, those barriers uh, to enable us to design effective learning? And right from the outset, Mark, you, you emphasise or you, you argue about the, the absolute fundamental importance of, of reflection, you know, reflection within teams, reflections of school, uh, reflection by school leaders. Um, and uh, the book is, is peppered with uh, 
really sometimes very, very deep reflective questions? Yeah, I think at the heart of being a learner is to reflect. It's to reflect on whether what I'm seeing is the reality, whether there's things I'm missing. Uh, and, and, and sometimes fast thinking leads to um, superficial and oversimplistic uh, decisions. Um, and I, I think that, that, that I mean, I've I benefited just, you know, even, David, if this book doesn't sell any copies, the process of reflection and reordering my thinking around these ideas has been hugely beneficial. Um, and and we, we're always seeking, always seeking to get learners in our classrooms to reflect. Uh, and I think in, in every school system I've worked in, uh, the, the teams that are growing and developing a key strand is their ability to reflect and, 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 and often reflect in a collaborative way because often the solutions that we're struggling with are often under our noses when we have a chance to stop and think. Um, and, and we, you know, whenever we encounter, if you ever received really high quality coaching, a key part of that is stopping and thinking about uh, our own personal growth since the last time we've stopped and thought uh, and proportionalizing some of the challenges that we face. So it, I think the process of writing the book and, and, and we're trying to encourage the reader that uh, stop and think. Slow thinking is a good thing, I think. And one of the uh, one of the reasons why the book's been very appealing to myself, and as you know, I'm in a, a new role within my school now, <clears throat> is I find it very, very easy to read. So, you know, late at night when you're maybe reflecting on the day, but at the same time um, wanting to somewhat relax, and I find it really easy just to, to, to read the next part of the book. And I think for me from the outset, um, to to get something so uh, to to actually read about something and, and understand so straightforwardly the the learning performance matrix I think was was a help to myself to to really to really get into what the book was all about. Um, so if we just maybe rewind a wee bit, Mark, can you you just take listeners briefly through what the the learning performance matrix is and why that is so fundamental to what you're looking for leaders to do um, after or while reading the book. Yeah, I, th- I think there's a, a real danger for us as leaders in taking a ready-fire-aim approach to uh, learning development or organisations. Um, I-, I was working with a group of leaders yesterday and they, they have a really rich diet of um, professional learning for their staff. Every week there's something new. Uh, and when we actually sat down and thought about it, we looked at it and we said, actually, that's going to create process and overload for your left staff because each week they're going to get a rich input of learning to improve their practice as teachers. But the reality is they can't cope with working on 38 improvement foci a year. Um, and similarly, it, it can also create that the mindset for those teachers that, goodness me, there's just too much improvement to do. So what we're asking to, uh, leaders to do is to sit down and think about where are your teams starting from? Where are your teams starting from in terms of their openness to learning um, and their level of performance? Because there is a danger that if, if, if for example, you have someone come in to, to do a, a one-day uh, professional learning session with your staff, there is a danger without careful thought and planning that the only people will, who, who will actually go away and improve as a result of the session are those people who are open to learning. And within that group, the people who've got a clear understanding of what high performance looks like because they can self-select the key bits to improve their own practice. The danger is people who are close to learning. I'm, I'm, we're very, um, I'm a great believer that if we have people in our organisation who've been close to, who are close to learning and have been there for a while, then we've got to ask ourselves what's our contribution 
to the problem we're trying to solve. It's not about labeling people. It's trying to understand the reasons what that have led them to become close to learning. I'm a great believer you know, from working with lots of um, newly qualified teachers uh, around the UK, that when you work with them on, the, on a day, the energy they bring to the room, their passion, their desire to change the world, and yet sometimes over time, the system they're working in grinds them down and they become a little bit more reticent and close to learning. And we've got to understand how, what are the barriers that have caused that person to become like that? And therefore, um, what do we need to do as leaders within our own uh, modeling and our own day to day leadership uh, to try and grow that, that openness and, 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 and design learning that helps people from their starting point? I think there's a danger of, of us designing learning for high performers who are open to learning. Uh, and I think we need to think about scaffolding a bit like a, uh, we, we, we've got a mixed ability class of children. We need to think about people with different starting points. Um, and it's trying to help people in a very practical way. It's, it's interesting what you said, David, about it's easy to pick up and read. The research about effective leadership is, is huge and wide ranging. But what we wanted to provide for busy leaders is um, an easy, accessible book. There's, there's references to further reading at the end of every single chapter but something they can pick up and use, uh, use, use easily and just flick through of an evening um, and give them practical ideas. That's the emphasis. It's the practical ways of improving uh, learning in teams. And just as we're near the end, Mark, uh, the first time I saw you speak, um, it was uh, around the, the, the video recording of, uh, of, of teachers in the classroom. And I just wonder whether that's something that you're still involved in and as as we maybe hear about how listeners can get in touch with you and find out more information about your work, is is that something that's still available um, to teachers around the UK? Yeah, it, and, and particularly we've got uh, quite a number of schools in Scotland, both primary and secondary schools and colleges, who, who uh, are using it as a tool to help um, create reflective opportunities for teachers to reflect on and their own practice in a safe environment. Um, no one else gets a copy of the video bar, the teacher themselves. Um, and, and it's a structured program that generally takes around two terms to work through. So we've got groups of teachers in lots of schools around Scotland who um, and we're, and we're working towards gaining professional recognition from the General um, Teaching Council in Scotland for the process because it aligns with the professional learning model uh, that, 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 uh, that Scottish schools are following. Um, and and, and it, it's trying to it's creating opportunities for people to slow down, analyse key parts of their practice, and create improvement journeys that they they, they collaborate with on their colleagues. So it's certainly it's certainly something that um, um, lots of schools in Scotland are, are valuing, and lots of school leaders are valuing. And we've got quite a number of them. Uh, say after cohort one of, of a group of teachers, we've got more and more teachers knocking on our door. Can they do it too? Which is always a good sign. Mark, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Edge Talk today. And uh, just before you go, how can uh, teachers, uh, leaders, people throughout education find out more about your work and uh, indeed have the opportunity to, to discuss things with you further? Great. Well, well, um, you can either um, connect with us on Twitter. We're at at O-Teaching. Um, or you can drop me an email on mark at mallet.org.uk.